The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Provoke Media Podcast. My name is Arun Sulaman. Um, I'm editor of Provoke Media, based here in Hong Kong. Uh, where else? Uh, very happy to be joined today uh, by two senior agency executives. We have Jane Morgan, who's the MD of Golan Hong Kong and head of client services um, for Golan Asia. We have Carolis Adamitis, who's the vice president at Fleischmann Hillard. Uh, both of them, importantly, are uh, key members of PRHK, which is the, uh, the trade group for PR agencies in Hong Kong. And in particular, they lead um, the Next Generation Leaders Group, which has just conducted a survey of overtime at Hong Kong agencies. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that and maybe also talk about some of the factors and the backdrop contributing to these issues in Hong Kong. And, and of course, we're all aware that Hong Kong is is often hitting the headlines globally, uh, not always for the right reasons, and, and maybe we'll get into to some of those issues as they pertain to the uh, to the to the experiences when it comes to the work-life balance at Hong Kong's PR agencies. So, um, thank you both for joining. First question uh, is pretty straightforward, I guess. Why why undertake this research? Why does it matter? Because you know, I, I suppose some people would say. It's hardly breaking news, right, that uh, there's overtime going on at, uh, at PR agencies. Yeah. Well, let me take that one first and, and lead with how it came about. So this um, was actually the brainchild of a wonderful young um, public relations consultant called Iris Young, who used to be at Golan as in, and is now in-house at Flash Coffee. And she was leading... Um, a breakout team to look at how we can, in Golan, how we can be more efficient. And we're always looking for ways to be better in that work-life balance because, you know, we can always make improvements and, and, and unfortunately none of us are perfect in that, in that area. And she actually came up with this idea of creating an industry initiative because she said one agency can put in great policies and great procedures and great thinking but it's so almost systemic within the industry and also Hong Kong that unless we all come together, there won't be a collective change. Um, and it was such an interesting thought because it's never been done before anywhere around the world, as far as we know. You know, we're, as agencies, we're always trying to be the best employer. We're always trying to get the accolades for ourselves. But the industry has never come together. So we found it such an interesting and different idea that we i'm on the board of the prhk and so i took it to to the board rachel from fleischman simeon from ketcher manushka from edelman and, and a few of the others and we discussed it and rachel particularly um really wanted to explore the idea and so the suggestion was that we um go to the next generation leader team and they look at it and the reason being is because we're MDs and, you know, some of the people on that board are CEOs, et cetera. We are on a different plane. So we can't sometimes know what's going on day to day. And it's really important that we kind of fee get feedback from teams. So 
that is kind of how it came about and how the, the creation happened um, and how the journey started. And then um, Carolis is one of our ne- PRHK's next generation leaders and, and, and um, along with Carol from um, Carol Young from Golin and Sarah from Edelman and, and Penn and a few others. So um, they really led this research, really digging into what the issues were. So that's a little bit about how it came about. Carolis, do you want to talk about why it's important? Yeah, sure. Thank you so much. I think as with any career or profession, work-life balance, at least to me, is sort of very crucial for the mental well-being of employees. And also it leads as well to the success of the organization. So I think from my perspective, the real question should be why this research hasn't been carried out more often and in more sectors, because it really provides for that sort of actionable points that agencies or companies or employees can really take on board and um, kind of help the employees to get better in, in various senses. So I think what is interesting is that the findings were consistent across agencies from what we have seen, whether the large agency or medium size, the local or international, we have really realized that there are some problems to sort of address across the board. And we have also realized that PR industry in Hong Kong wants a better work-life balance, which has been overlooked for quite some time. And we wanted to understand the reasons behind it. So when we looked at it, and then we saw the results, that really gives us some tools and some sort of ideas what needs to be addressed and how we can combat that. Um, and at the same time, also us looking at what's happening across the world. I think we've seen just a few days ago that Belgium have started looking into piloting a four-day week. I think UK has announced that before. So it brings up the question what we can do to achieve that better work-life balance. And I'm not saying necessarily that I'm in favor of reducing the work week. But I think what I'm saying is that I'm glad to see that work-life balance is being, being taken seriously uh, more globally, and I think the organizations and governments are also looking Thank at Thank you both. Yeah, it's a very good, um, very good context, actually, in, in terms of why it matters. And, and indeed, I think the point that it's, it's unique, this kind of research, I haven't actually seen it anywhere else in, in the PR industry either globally. So um, perhaps, and, and perhaps, uh, hopefully, we, we will see more of it, because I, as you both said, it can only help. Um, so I wonder if you could perhaps just take us through some of the, the, the key findings here. What stood out to you and, and were, were there any particular results um, that surprised either of you? Sure. Thank you. I think the research has definitely shown that overwork isn't good for employees or their companies. And I think in practice, it can be sometimes hard to overcome the unhealthy work habits um, and reach that sustainable work-life balance. But I think from our research, what one of the biggest surprises was that more than 75% of respondents stated that over time, both in PR industry and also in Hong Kong in general, was normal or expected. Uh, so when we saw that, we knew that there was a fundamental problem across the board. Um, in terms of other findings, uh, what we found that was interesting is like that 25% claim that they work overtime at least three times a week, with more than half of those doing so every single week. 
and over half of agency force work more than 10 hours a day consistently, which we found another shocking figure. So a lot going on there. Um, another interesting item was that unnecessary overtime is viewed as operational issue um, at agencies and has some lack of prioritization across the teams. Um, and interestingly, with only 6% of respondents defining that client requests contribute to unnecessary overtime. So I think sometimes maybe people would say like, oh, it's, it's always the client's fault, but actually the reality is um, a little bit different from what we've seen in this research. Um, and also when it comes to agency staff talking about it, despite those very obvious uh, causes of unnecessary overtime, and you know, people say that they experience physical and mental health issues, but at the same time, majority of respondents have never spoken to the senior agency uh, members to address the issue. So we immediately see a role for managers to play here in having those conversations on an ongoing basis, because sometimes just a simple check-in and asking someone, how are you, how is your day, what's happening even at home, you know, like it's it's really important to to someone, it can mean a lot. So that's something that we need to take as first small steps. And because as a result of all of this, I think these consequences are also taking a toll on mental health and physical health. Um, so again, that's a big issue to tackle for us. Uh, yeah, I was just about to say, from, from my perspective, um, the, the really interesting things, um, I, the client statistic really surprised us because we were, we hear this all the time. Um, and I've been in, you know, I started out as an account executive, so I, I, I've lived it. Um, I'm agency through and through. And, you know, sometimes it's really, it's positive stress. Um, and that can be when the client's pushing you. But we, I assumed that there was going to be a big statistic that was, you know, client, <clears throat> excuse me, over service or, you know, these last minute requests. But the fact that it was only 6% attributing uh, client requests is really surprising and also encouraging, I think, because that hopefully it's a, it's a shame we don't have year on year data to look at this because maybe that signifies that the relationships between um, agencies and clients are, are strengthening and there's more partnership going on there, um, possibly. But I think what, what it what it does really highlight, you know, 25 percent say they work overtime at least three times a week. So we have to look at that and we we don't have the answer right now as to you know how we tackle it we, we just don't but it's really important that we do address it it should not be the norm um and i think the fact that 75% think it is normal that suggests that we need to re-educate and set new behaviors and and boundaries for the way that we are operating and and that we all we all think and shockingly the 60% that have never talked about it is really worrying because it means that we don't have visibility on what's really going on and now we are and again you know Hong Kong has its own unique set of circumstances but now we're back working from home the worrying thing is we're not there to to see people and and if they're struggling um, we're just relying on them telling us the truth and sometimes people don't want to so I think for agency leads what's important is fostering an open conversation an open environment where people feel like they can say 
what what is happening because this 70% experiencing physical or mental health is just is not is not okay yeah indeed and and no doubt there are other 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 factors taking a toll as well um it's interesting uh when looking at some of these results cuz the factors or, or, or the reasons for it as you mentioned only 6% um Define client requests as unnecessary over time, um, which sadly robs us of the chance to blame clients. Um, <laughs> but you know, there's there's kind of a two, two things I, I wonder about in terms of factors. Which is, Hong Kong has always had this reputation of having a culture of presenteeism, where uh, people have to be in the workplace, have to be in meetings, um, and there, there's not always a clear link between that and productivity right so it's almost like hours served versus versus work done um and then you also have the agency model which uh, some people would say does encourage you know this idea of the work is there it just has to be done you know it's it's a 24/7 industry the media doesn't ever stop and so that sometimes contributes to this idea that agencies can't stop. Um, how, how influential do you think both those factors are? And do you think there are any other factors that are contributing to this kind of situation of excessive overtime in Hong Kong? You know, a lot of it is about the work is there because that's how we bill by the, you know, our billing system for the industry is, an interesting one because you know we charge clients by number of hours it takes to do things and there's been many discussions previously about value pricing and alternative methods but again i think unless there's an industry shift towards that that that's quite a difficult thing um i you know there is a lot of work to be done on an ongoing basis but i i again with my md hat on i think it's about the operations of the organization and the top three causes of working overtime um in a uh, as the survey has told us are ted tight deadlines and last minute requests insufficient manpower and too many meetings so insufficient manpower we are all feeling right now because this great resignation is real and it doesn't show signs of slowing down as of yet and i you know there was a great piece of research last week and i cannot remember where uh, who published it but it was talking about um people wanting purpose in their job now this is not necessarily a new thing but you can see the statistic of wanting purpose going up so i, I almost think there's a this is a, a moment in time for us to reframe as as agencies what we are there for and what we're giving to our people and how we're helping them follow their dreams and find their pride um you know i am one of those sickening people who i just i genuinely love pr and i love my job and I, and i i thrive on it but not everyone is like that and so i think you know you need to find what you love doing and it might be going into a particular industry within pr or it might be going into a particular section you know you might be a great account person or you might be just that you know you love talking to media i think we need to we need to help people find their passion and what they truly love within the industry because it is an amazing industry and then put parameters around how they can 
they really shine within that. But we need to give them time to do it. So having insufficient manpower means they're always scrabbling around trying to do tasks. And, you know, we all feel this. And the too many meetings was, um, you know, something I just almost giggled at because I think, oh, my God, I just it's so, so right. You know, I have too many meetings myself, but we just we do it, don't we? We're just kind of on this train. And so I'm so happy that this research has pinpointed these three areas because it gives us something to to really focus on on fixing. Why do we have meeting after meeting? Why are they usually an hour? Um, you know, why are there all these people there? Do we need all these people? Should it be smaller? Should it be quicker? I think there are so many possibilities to fix what we now know is 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 and are the issues. Sure. Um, I suppose the insufficient manpower aspect was perhaps a little harder to address, especially um, currently, right? Because it's hard to import talent uh, into Hong Kong. Um, but certainly too many meetings and unrealistic deadlines. But that, all, that does suggest perhaps clients do have a role to play here. And I wonder what, what, whether either of you had specific thoughts on how um, clients can help in this, you know, in this situation. Um, clearly, the, the research shows that they're not to blame, but um, you know, ultimately, they are a big part of this equation. And I wonder what role they do play when it comes to some of these working practices. Yeah, so the clients, I think, again, the research shown that you know it's not really the overtime is not really coming directly from client relationships however i think number one item would be or number one priority is the communication i think if communication between a client and an agency is not clear or the two parties are speaking you know in different terms and different languages this could lead to some sort of overtime issues which would mean that maybe client briefs are not clear enough or maybe some of the ideas not being specific enough and then the agency needs to spend extra time to to really understand what is going on and and that could lead to some of the overtime issues but i think secondly that would be the overall expectations management because clients uh, need to work with the agencies to find that mutual beneficial working relationship um, where agencies are kept in the loop from the very beginning when clients start sort of deliberating and putting ideas into process so that the agency can start advising what's feasible and what's not, what's possible and what is not possible and how we should be approaching that particular project from an agency perspective. So I think if that would happen, then the agency could perform better and be in line with the expectations of the client. And I think maybe lastly is being fair and also being reasonable because i think we all understand that the pr industry is highly stressful we deal with a number of crisis situations on on, on a given day and deadlines are very tight already so i think being fair and reasonable is very important to gain that additional trust between the two parties and i think if we um, address some of these items that i've just mentioned i think the overall situation could become a lot better so better communication, clearer boundaries. Jane, did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I think um, it, it's, it, we have found that clients are very supportive of change on the whole. Now, it does depend on how progressive the client, either the individual client is or the company itself. 
But, you know, we and looking across all the agencies who are a part of this, we all have um, we all have uh, things in place that will either help protect time or recuperate after, you know, busy, busy periods. And on the whole, clients do seem to be um, supportive of it. So things like, you know, having a Friday afternoon off every once a month at the end of that month. When we started doing that, we had emails from clients saying, we think this is a great idea. Um, so I think, and it's because they want it too, you know, clients are also under pressure. Agency has its own set of of, uh, of issues and complications because we are servicing. But clients have a whole complex minefield to navigate as well. And particularly, you know, clients who have who represent multiple business units, um, who have multiple internal stakeholders, they're also being pulled in, in many different directions. So I actually think now is probably the, the right time to, to bring everyone together. And we when we did this research, we were just looking at agency in, initially, but the thinking has always been, you know, maybe later in the year or next year, we then look at clients and, and what, what issues um, that they can overcome in order to be more productive, in order to be happier, in order to create work that they're proud of because if we can do it on both sides of the house then theoretically we, we will live in a very beautiful place yes sounds very positive um let's but but actually I want, the next question is, is about something which i think i suppose is, is is less so um and and the consequence of of overtime which is the toll on on mental and physical health uh, i think it's really important that um this has been sort of drawn out from the research. So more than 70% of respondents say they've experienced negative physical or, men or, or mental symptoms um, resulting from overtime, including anxiety, difficulty sleeping, uh, inability to enjoy downtime and exhaustion, um, amongst others, which is troubling. Uh, and of course, when we talk about the work-life balance, you know, you can't separate it from, from all of these issues, right? The other thing that you can't separate it from is is the sort of macro factors that are impacting Hong Kong. We've had, um, you know, the social unrest from 2019, uh, which I think will have impacted many people at agencies, right? That was one, one of the sort of key demographics uh, that was quite involved in, in, in many of the events uh, on the ground. Um, and now we have... Uh, a, a, a very unpredictable COVID situation, which I suspect is is making people uh, quite anxious, and you know, all of that contributes to, I suppose, a backdrop which can be quite difficult to navigate. How do you, I suppose, factor those issues into trying to create a, a positive working environment um, where you're not making too many demands um, on the people working at agencies? So I think Hong Kong, and probably like anywhere else, I mean, we have a unique set of circumstances and challenges here, um, which we as, as agencies really need to to deal with. But I think many of these challenges also exist in other parts of the world. As we've been talking, like, you know, other countries have also those work-life balance issues. Um, but I think our industry here really reached those crossroads in 2020 when COVID escalated um, 
at the start of that year and really propelled working from home and hybrid working sort of models. But I think by now, many agencies have shown the ability to operate remote or working in a hybrid model and serve their clients in that way. So I think everyone is very used to that. I think as agencies, we also need to ensure that our staff feels as part of the community, despite the challenges of working from home or sometimes not even seeing some of your colleagues. Even I had situations where I had to help on board certain members of staff um, via online tools and not seeing them you know, for, for a good few months until we were able to meet in person. So think um, at the end of the day, we are as a creative industry and we are also in people's business. Uh, so it's super important for us to get together for brainstorms and ideations and networking. Um, and this is why any opportunity sometimes for any social networking is very important. Um, so whenever we get back to some sort of normality, that could be encouraged and, and pushed forward uh, so that people can start interacting a little bit more. And I think as, as agencies, we also need to ensure that our staff is feeling looked after. So. I think probably agencies, including us, we're taking that quite seriously. Even if we are working from home, we have regular catch-ups with teams and individuals to make sure that we know what's happening, what they're doing. Do they have the right tools? Do they have the right technology and the right support to get their work done? Uh, or we need some additional support? Because I think it's super important to keep that staff morale and, and mood at high levels when we are not in the office because we not necessarily see um, what is happening with that particular person so that community mm. balance is yeah. super important as well you know i think we have had in hong kong what now i think three years of situations that are unsettling and with that emotionally draining and exhausting for everyone doesn't matter what demographic or psychographic you are or whether you know consciously or it's unconscious that this is affecting you, but it, but it is. Um, and what we need to do as agencies is be empathetic to that and know that we can't operate or expect what we did before. But that does mean how do we change? And again, I, I, I do not profess to have the answers. I'm excited to have, you know, subsequent conversations and, and, and start to plan for the future. Um, but, but but it is obvious that this is a, a very key moment in time. And that's why people want more purpose, because they think we've had three years of this. We want to live our lives. <clears throat> we want to do great work. We want to be proud. We want to be happy in our jobs and also have time to have our life outside um, that possibly sometimes we don't because, it you know, work is 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 hectic. But I think the interesting thing or question will be, how do we support going forward knowing that the uncertainty continues um, here in Hong Kong? So how do we support with this 70% of people who are have professed to have mental or physical um, health issues in part because of working when they're not, we can't see them physically. So we don't, we can't look at those um uh, you know, those body triggers that we can if we're in person. And you look at the other statistic about flexibility, 90% want flexibility, of which I think most agencies are doing. Um, you know, one of the things that will be in our solution um, 
will be the the agencies um, commit to flexibility and um, and really look at at least you know two days working from home if that's what the individual would like. But what comes with flexibility and working from home is has its own set of challenges. So people tend to work longer because they've taken out the commute and then you just kind of get on a train. You know, I we've seen people working through lunches. Um, not going outside all day. So I think there's there's so many things that we need to tackle in a world where we can't physically see what's going on. And because in the usual agency environment, one of the the reasons I love agencies is because I feed off other people's energy. And it just, you know, when I've dropped the kids to school and I get to work, I just, I need caffeine and to chat to a girl in it because Christ, I've been up since, you know, for three hours, four hours already. And it changes everything. It makes me ready for the day because you have great conversations. You can feel everybody's passion. It's difficult to do over a laptop. And if we're going to be in and out, you know, that's going to continue to be an issue that we need to address. And you know, it's different in different parts of the world where actually in parts of the world, people don't really want to go back to the office. What I see here in Hong Kong is we all do because we love being together, which is so beautifully Hong Kong. Um, but but it does pose that issue that might not happen or it might not happen on a continuous basis. This flexibility of working and, and hybrid working definitely is the future of work. We all know that. But I don't think we've cracked how we take care of our people in those circumstances. Indeed. Um, uh, yeah, really interesting point, actually. The, 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 what people are missing, I think, from, from not being in physical environments as much, especially in Hong Kong, I think, as you, as you point out, where the sort of shared office culture is such a big part of people's lives, um, and, and they may not have that much space at home either. Uh, so 90% of respondents, as you said, um, has said that flexible working arrangements will help, but so that's one thing. But what are, are there any other potential solutions that have occurred to either of you um, from doing this research? Any advice for agencies, agency heads that are you know see this research anywhere in the world, really? I suppose, and 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 think actually this is an issue that we need to deal with um, at our agency. Yeah. Well, I can't give you any spoilers really Arun because we're working on uh we're working on a, a playbook for all PRHK members at the moment so the next generation committee ha- are brainstorming and bringing together all of the agencies to share best practices and that for me is incredibly exciting because again you know and as an agency lead I want to protect Golin and I want to make sure that Golin is the best but it is now time for us to come together because this is beyond individual agencies that there's going to be a change. So this is the first time that we'll be bringing together, you know, MDs, leadership teams um, to come up with solutions and share best in class. So that is all going to come together in the form of um, a playbook that we're hoping will be ready towards end of March, beginning of April. Although, um, and I would at this point love to give a shout out to Pen Lung from Creative consulting group obviously carolis jessa ampro from creative consulting group sarah chen from edelman um, and carol young from golan because these um these people are doing this in addition to their day job so while we're talking about work-life balance they're dedicating time so we're hoping 
that it will be done by end of March, but it could be beginning of April. But it will be a playbook that will evolve, um, but is is really aimed at giving suggestions and solutions to the issues that have been flagged through the research. And agencies are big and small, international, local. We're not suggesting that everybody adopts everything because it, it, it isn't possible. Holding companies have their own guidelines, you know, so... The point of this really is that you can take it, be inspired by it and pick and choose what you want to do in each section. But if every single one of these agencies even does one or two things that we're suggesting, it will make a, an impact. But I think for, for me, it's about mindset. If the leaders in the organization are not serious and are not committed, it will not change. So it needs to come from the top. You need to be willing to make that change. It needs to trickle down into the teams. And we need to empower everybody within the organization to have their say, to continually feedback about what's working and what's not. And the thing I would say is we don't have the answers and no one is professing to have the answers. And we might get things wrong. Um, but if we don't try, we're not going to make a change. We have to continue to try to figure out and land on what are the best processes and, um, and and things to do that will make that change. And I think maybe just to, to add on top of that, in addition to the right mindset and also the various tools that we might be providing later on, it's, it's all about education as well, because we are trying to be advocates here um, and use these points with our colleagues, with our clients, with our industry contacts, to help them really understand the importance of all of this and, and help them to take back some ideas back to their own organizations. As Jane was saying, you know, sometimes clients are interested in what we are doing to address these things. So it's us being educators and, and really going around the industry and trying to share those best practices and, and best proof points to Well, I look forward to that. Um, it sounds really interesting, the playbook that that will emerge from this um, and you know good luck to you both good luck to the RHK with its work here I think it is really important but as, as you've kind of both mentioned it you know education is is one part of it that that intent to change is so uh, important as well and that's something I'm hopeful that agency heads perhaps who um, who, who see this campaign who see this research and you know who, who see some of the advice that comes out of it will you know take it more seriously if they're not already um so thank you both um, and thank you for your time this morning i hope you have uh, i hope you both have you know good uh, good weekends and hopefully we won't get any more crazy covid announcements over the next <laughs> next three days of course we will of course we will hey Arun, before we wrap up um i know you're supposed to be interviewing us but i you know you know every agency every heads of agency, um, I am wondering what you think about this topic and have you ever seen any best in class um, management of people or inspiration of people or work-life balance initiatives? Um, what's your perspective? Not, certainly not, I haven't seen anything that really stands out before the pandemic, which is not to say there weren't there must have, there must be agencies that that do this stuff well, but um, not in in a kind of in a sort of I suppose what you call it like a, a formalized manner in which they they've kind of extended across all offices. If you're talking about a global network, for example, 
Um, I think it's become more of an issue, obviously, with the with the pandemic. Um, but I think it's still a work in progress, actually. I think, uh, you know, from when I started covering this industry, it's always been a big issue, this idea that agencies can quite easily turn into sweatshops. Um, but, you know, the attitudes have changed. I'm sure you're both aware of this. It's gone from being, well, that's just part of the, the deal, really. It's just part of the game in the PR agencies to now I think people are aware it's a real risk because um, employees are voting with their feet. And we're, we're seeing that as a result of, of the pandemic, really. So I think people are taking it far more seriously. But um, like both of you, I would, I would struggle to point to um, like a sort of an agency or a specific course of action that has has worked like in a in an extensive manner. I think there's lots of agencies that that are really strong in terms of culture um, and uh, giving employees a, a good experience. But managing the workload is always, I think, the hardest, sort of the toughest nut to crack. Um, so I will be very interested to see what. How you know some of the lessons that you both come out with, and and indeed, I think this will be something that more agencies will be taking more seriously around the world. Yeah, well, we hope so. We certainly hope so because it's so individual as well in terms of what people want. You know, you ha again, you have different age groups, you have different demographic. There are so many different factors that will that will lead to what an individual wants. You know, I think the thing that we do want to stay away from is saying, this is what you need to do. And then here's, you'll have this perfect workforce who have a great work-life balance. It, that's, it, that's not feasible in any way. You know, our industry is up and down always. You've got a crisis or a product launch or a, um, or a new business. It is that. So what we're trying to do is not, we're not saying we're going to fix over service and give everyone the per perfect work-life balance. Because if you come into PR, you're, kind of, you're coming into the ride. But what we should be doing is giving people time to do brilliant work that they're proud of. And if there are those times where, um, you know, you, you've got to work long hours, then it's about the recuperation. So the, where, where we're looking at the solutions is the preparation. So where are your systems in place, like capacity planning, like how you do freelancer bases, all that stuff, all the preparation, the seeing ahead. But then when the inevitable happens, how are they, you then giving people that time to recuperate and how are you making sure that it's not consistent? Um, yeah. Because as we all know, it's, that, it's that really, does lead to burnout. Exactly. And it's a couple of things that occurred to me from what you said then. We've kind of moved from this situation where you know, the conversation used to be, well, are, are, are people being maximized enough? <laughs> you know, are they, have they got any spare time in their timesheets that isn't being utilized properly? Yeah. To you know, you know, and that has, and that really was the state of play. I think like 10, 15 years ago, and I think that now clearly is changing to okay, people are being utilised too much, and and what's kind of a what's a, a healthy ceiling, and and how can we properly manage capacity? I think those conversations are only just um, moving from like talk to action. Uh, the other thing I think is that. You know, the pandemic has, you know, it's, it's making people reevaluate, re obviously, how they work and what they do. But it's also, you know, for businesses, they've had to work really hard. 
to, in some cases, stand still and, and also to recover. So that's also contributed to this, this idea that actually it's really urgent. The work has to be done. And this is like really critical. And maybe the business won't survive. That sort of anxiety, right, which I think kind of underpins a lot of the drop everything we have to, to, to kind of get this done. And I think that uh, you have the both of those factors sort of create a certain amount of tension at the moment. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Well, thank you both. Um, and yeah, I will definitely be looking out for what comes out of the research. And I'm sure, I'm sure many agencies will be. So thank you both and have a great weekend. Thank you. Any agency that wants to be involved, please contact PRHK. We want people to be involved, please. And it's a great conversation to have at this time on a Friday because it's Friday. So happy Friday. <laughs> Indeed. You've been listening to the Provoke podcast brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers.